What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and we are going to break down what could best be called a football game that is actually happening on Thursday night between the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Joining me to talk about the gambling and DFS aspects of this particular game, the one, the only, R.J. White. What's up, buddy? Not much. I do. Uh, I'm doing great. Tons of sleep. Perfectly, uh, you know, everything's calm, cool, collected. I love it. Uh, this game almost didn't happen because there were multiple COVID cases all around, but it looks like we are a go. Uh, I mean, the injuries is to report. I mean, it's just outrageous. Who's not going to be playing? Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are going to be out. Trent Williams is also on the COVID list. No Jimmy Garoppolo, no George Kittle, obviously. AJ Dillon tested positive for the Packers. Uh, as a result, Jamal Williams close contact is on the COVID list and Kamal Martin on the COVID list. So, I mean, Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite at William Hill. It is juiced to Green Bay minus 115. There are 355 money line favorite and the over has cratered after a silly opening of 51 down to 48 and a half. Um, I will tell you that uh, my initial instinct on this game would be under and I want to take San Francisco, but I'm a little scared. What do you think? Yeah, at seven and a half, I like San Francisco. I mean, Green Bay couldn't stop the run game for the second time in three weeks against Minnesota. Kyle Shanahan, it doesn't really, we've seen in the past, it doesn't matter who he has. He can, he can run the ball. You know, he can scheme up something in the run game. He didn't have Trent Williams last year and, and they did fine. Um, so San Fran's not lost with Mullins at quarterback. He ranks number one in the league when not pressured and Green Bay has the worst rate at pressures per game. So he could still have a good game throwing to nobody's throwing to Trent Taylor and Ross Dwelly and maybe Jordan Reed if he's back. We think he might be back. So I, I don't think everything is lost for San Francisco offensively. Um, and that San Francisco D held up well for about a half against Seattle. This is going to be an easier matchup here versus Green Bay. They don't have the kind of weapons that Seattle does um, in the passing game. So I do like San Fran plus seven and a half. When, when, when the original number posted at Sportsline before, um, at five, before all these COVID list things came out, I have to get my picks in as early as possible for them so I could so that they can promote it for Sportsline. And, uh, I had, so I took San Francisco minus five, plus five. You know, I liked, it even with the absences we knew at the time. So you, you throw an extra couple points on there. I'm not that worried about the receivers. I don't think Brandon Ayuk is like a game changer. He's, he's solid and he's getting better, but I think they can still do something on offense. Yeah. I, uh, I tend to agree. The George Kittle thing is very concerning, not just because he's the best pass catcher. Um, I think you could argue that George Kittle is the most important non quarterback in football. Like, I mean, he does a lot for their run game too. I mean, so I sort of wonder, is he the Jenga piece for them? And then with Trent, no Trent Williams. I have to anticipate that Kyle, that Kyle Shanahan is going to try and like minimize this game. Like he doesn't want to turn it into a shootout, right? That, that would be silly. Uh, I, 48 and a half is, is low, obviously, and you could easily go over with a couple of jailbreaks and Lord knows the Packers defense is terrible, but I would definitely lean to the under here. I just think Green Bay will try and run it and Kyle Shanahan will try and run it. And this is going to be two teams sort of pounding the ball and, and, and not, I don't think San Francisco is going to take any big chances. You know, they, they'll want to minimize the exposure for Nick Mullins and, you know, Green Bay, I don't know that they'll be inclined to just run up the score, even though there is a little bit of revenge factor from last year, maybe. Um, Kyle Shanahan's had Matt LaFleur's number. I tend to think he might continue to have it. So I will also take San Francisco. I think everybody will be on Green Bay. So if you're in like a picks, I, I wouldn't want to wager on it. I, maybe seven and a half, I would take it. But I think if you're in a picks pool, you can get some leverage by taking San Francisco because most people with all this COVID stuff will be on Green Bay. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know where I am on the over-under. I, I kind of would lean over just because I think that the Green Bay defense has been really bad, and especially in the red zone, their 28th in red zone success rate. I think San Francisco can t- turn it into a shootout despite their injuries if they need to. So, um, you know, un- under would seem good with all these offensive injuries on both sides and offensive absences. But, but um, yeah, I'm a little hesitant at that. I like the game a little bit better for the spread. Okay, so looking at the props, anything stand out to you? Yeah, I like going Jarek McKinnon over 20 and a half receiving yards. He was four for 40 last week. He had 39 yards and 43 receiving yards and two starts earlier in the year. Um, you know, we think Jermichael Hasey's going to mix in, so he's not necessarily the lead back, but we saw last week he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game. Green Bay's allowed the most receiving yards to running backs all year, and that's a total number, even though they've played seven games and some people have played eight. You know, so this is the best prop on the board for me. It just seems like a great matchup for McKinnon to get a lot of targets with these absences and to, uh, be effective against a defense that's bad at covering receivers. Mm. I like it. Uh, I, I mean, I sort of, this plays into the under, I think, a little bit, but, uh, I would probably take the under in Aaron Rodgers passing yards. 279 and a half. That's a ton of passing yards, uh, for a game that in theory should be run heavy. And I, I sort of, I, mean, I do sort of wonder how the Packers offense will look if they have to, you know, they don't have any of their running backs. Like, is, are they going to lean on Dexter Williams? Cause I have Aaron Jones still questionable. Um, so I will take the under on Aaron Rodgers passing yards, knowing that without all those running backs, he will almost certainly come back uh, to haunt me. And then, uh, yeah, they aver- he averages 278.3 on the season, and but he has the third best passer rating on throws 15 yards down the field, and San Francisco allows the third highest passer rating on th- throws 15 yards down the field. So it is set up for him to be able to hit a couple big plays. So that's why I kind of like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, longest reception, over 16 and a half yards. Um, you know, he's been the guy that's second on the team in yards per reception behind Alan Lazard, who's still out probably. I mean, he could get activated off IR today. Um, and so if he plays and they put Lazard props, I'd probably, you know, shift over to there going with Lazard's longest reception. God, Jamichael Hasty, 67 and a half rushing yards total over. I would probably take the Jarrett McKinnon over rushing yards 27 and a half too. I don't mind that at all. It's possible. It just depends on how they want to use him. Um, cause yeah. he didn't get used a lot running the ball last week, but he definitely got used it's as a receiver. Um, so yeah, I think that that's why that's my number one prop for the week. Okay. Um, I don't feel confident about any of this stuff. This, this is a weird game. I, I think, can I, may I uh, dare to make a suggestion that if you're going to pass on a, on betting heavily on props and, and playing a bunch of DFS, this might be the week to do it. And if you want to uh, play one, like just one lottery ticket prop, uh, look at Trent Taylor. I think he's plus 275 now for any touchdown. That was plus 450 last night. He's plus 1400 for two touchdowns. That was plus 2800 last night. People are waking up to the fact that he's the number one receiver now with all these absences. So uh, he's going to have a big role. If Green Bay isn't getting a ton of pressure, which I mentioned earlier, they're bad at getting pressure. Mullins can move the ball. And if he's going to score TDs, that might be the guy he's throwing to him or McKinnon. So. So uh, that would be a way to look if you're just looking for one little lottery prop to, to hopefully hit. Yeah, wow, plus two. All right, yeah. So Trent Taylor, a nice little play there. I don't, I don't mind uh, Robert Tanya to score a touchdown either. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is minus one eighty eight to score a touchdown. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Five to one to score the first touchdown. I'll take that as well. Like he's just the guy. I mean, Devontae Adams is who they feed in the red zone. So five to one to score the first touchdown. Presumably, we could see the the uh, see the Forty Nine ers stall out and punt. Whereas the Packers might get the ball and run it down their throats early. Um, and if Aaron Jones isn't playing, they're not going to run the ball into the end zone with Tyler Williams and, or Tyler, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. So exactly. it's got going to be the Adams. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do some DFS and looking at 
Actually, I have my telephone that I can examine the salaries, but I don't have it in front of me. Um, I'll just have to go to the website. What uh, What are your initial thoughts on DraftKings salaries? Yeah, um, for the captain role, uh, you know, if you don't want to go with the quarterback, I like McKinnon just for that receiving thing we were talking about at twelve thousand. Um, but I think the captain's obviously the, qu- the quarterback should give me your safest picks to cash. Uh, Mullins is at thirteen point eight for a captain role. Rogers sixteen point five. I would lean Mullins due to those pressure stats that we we mentioned, plus the game script. If the, if they're, they're seven and a half point dogs, they're gonna have to throw a lot, right? So. Um, so he should have good numbers, I think, because for the Green Bay defense, I don't think can can stop even you know Ross Dwelly and Trent Taylor. You know they've been pretty pretty uh, mediocre. Well, and I, I would anticipate, like again, if you're if you're entering these DFS lineups, you're going to see Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams be the two top owned guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be the top captains. They're the most expensive guys, but people will lean towards taking the team that's favored in this sort of matchup, and you can come back and be a little bit contra- like. In fact, people will probably bail on Nick Mullins in order to get more Packers in their lineup. So I would guess that Nick Mullins' captain ownership or captain roster rate is like 10%, maybe, maybe even, maybe even less just because he's 13-8. And so if you go Nick Mullins, you can come back and you can lock up some of the, you know, you can get your Michael Hasty in there. And I mean, you can, you can afford to grab a, a bunch of these guys. I mean, Marcus Valdez can't like 3,400 bucks. You know, they, all these guys are underpriced because of, I mean, Trent Taylor, Trent Taylor's four hundred dollars on here, and you know he's on my list of guys you have to play. He might be you option number play. one. He's with, a must play. Might be option number one with those top four guys. Uh, you mentioned uh, Ayuk and Samuel, but Kendrick Bourne's also out. He's the one that had COVID and he got put on the list first. So yeah, Trent Taylor should be the guy, and he's the only really the only reliable option there. And if he's not, it's one of the tight ends. So Jordan Reed comes back; he's a good play. Um, if, if he's not, Ross Dwelly is a nice play at, at seven point two thousand for the captain role. If you want to be really crazy in GPP, or or you could just play him in a, in a flex role. So you, I mean, if you go Nick Mullins as captain, you can get Jermichael Hasty, Ross Dwelly, Trent Taylor, and then you can pair pair him with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And what you're hoping, and now at that point, you are sacrificing the, some equity in the Green Bay run game, which I guess is something you want. But yeah, would, yeah, if if I mean if. If it's going to be successful, I think the the best way that the Green Bay is going to move the ball is Rodgers to Adams. So as long as you get those two guys in the lineup, then I think everything else from there is fine. I like going Mullins in the captain role, those two Packers, and then coming back with McKinnon and Taylor um, as receiving options for Mullins. And then the final thing, I think you have like 4,400 left there. So your options are a little bit more limited when you're when you're picking a, your final flex. But you can take the kicker, go Robbie Gold at 3,600 if um, – if San Francisco is going to stall out in the red zone because, um, you know, just the options and that's kind of your, your, um, your, your coverage there. Um, if, if you're not going to get like three touchdowns from Mullins, he only throws one. At least you're going to get some field goals from gold. And again, Jordan Reed has been, so I would, the one thing I would say about Dwelly and Reed too is that, and you know what? This goes back to props a little bit. Watch and see if Reed is active. Nick Mullins is a tight end. Like, I mean, and maybe it's just, I don't think it's just George Kittle. Like he just looks to the tight end. And I think that Kyle Shanahan, they're going to run the same scheme, right? I mean, you know, different player in there, obviously, but I would expect that he peppers whoever the tight end is with targets and, and same thing with McKinnon, like outlet guys. So, uh, if you McKinnon, like you point out, the over rush, over receiving yards is really good. And then look to receptions for the tight, whoever is the tight end starter for this team. I would anticipate they get at least eight targets. 
Yeah, and if you don't want to go gold with kicker, I think uh, Valdez Scantling, if Lazard isn't back, is 3,400 and gold is 36. You can fit him in instead. And that way, if you don't like putting kickers in your lineup, which I can understand, um, Valdez Scantling might be able to hit you a big, a long touchdown because San Fran is not great on those, like I said, those long, those long passes downfield. Right. All right. That's, uh, that'll do it. What a fun, uh, fun Thursday night game we have coming up between these two. I mean, it's, it's a big, it's an important game, but it's, it's just, it's tough. It's a very 2020 game because as we point out, it just, I mean, the 49ers are the most injury riddled team in football probably. And everybody on this team is on the COVID list. And I, I, it would be, can any of them get cleared? Like, I don't um, think not the ones that got put on yesterday. I don't think because it's just too early. But uh, if it was, if they were playing Sunday, they could get cleared. Yeah, if they were playing Sunday, they could get cleared. I think it just depends on how many tests you have throughout the week, and there's just no no time for those Wednesday guys. Like, I'm not, I don't think Jamal Williams can get cleared in time, but I'm not sure because I, I don't know when he was placed on and how many negative. How it's many a little surprising they're not moving this game to Monday. Yeah, you would think. I mean, I don't understand why you don't just push it back with all these absences. Yeah, I don't know. NFL wants Thursday night football. Got to pay the. Uh, Got to get Fox. It's a lot of games. So here we go. All right, Arden. Already forced them not to have one because the Chiefs bills got pushed back. So. That's right. That's right. And we will get our Jermichael Hasty game. Damn it. All right, buddy. Thanks.